Healthy Christian Project and Celebration Time. This is episode number 20. So for those who don't know, that is a milestone in the podcast community. In fact, apparently most most podcasts fail. I think it's after three or four episodes. Really? Yeah, like 90% of them <laughs> fail after three or four episodes. And then once you hit 20, you are in the 1% that made it. Like oh, wow. in terms of continuity and like long term, and like number of episodes. Yeah, because like most give up because mm. um, no one's listening to the podcast anyways. I'm sure there's like five people, twelve <laughs> people maybe listening to this consistently. But hey, that's that's a milestone in itself. It, getting twelve individuals exactly. to sit through a podcast. I'm sure one you. or two of them are you and me so. <laughs> and your dad <laughs> and my dad. Um, but hey, twenty episodes cause for celebration and so today we're going to be talking about complaining and gratefulness and how that affects our health and our lives so i'm not complaining about anything i'm very happy with how the podcast has been going if you would like to share this with your friends that helps out a lot um, in getting the podcast out there and getting more people listening and for those if you want to share this with anyone who uh, you feel is prone to talk about their health and about their fitness, but not do anything about it. Perfect episode. Uh, so let's start off here. In First Thessalonians, Paul writes, give thanks in all circumstances. For that is the will of God in Christ concerning you. And that's a very clear command, giving thanks in all circumstances. That is God's will. Okay, so we all know those people who are not thankful for anything they have. We all know those people who like, you'll, you'll do them a favor, you'll buy them a meal, they won't say thank you. Or like you'll drive them somewhere and they'll just expect a little bit more and they won't say thank you. Um, or they complain too much. They complain about traffic, they complain about the weather, they complain about their living situations, they complain about X, Y, and Z. And it's hard to be around them because of how much they're complaining. We all know those people. I am also one of those people. Um, which kind of sucks, but I'm working on it. Me too. <laughs> we're, we're both working yeah. on it. Um, I still complain about the weather sometimes. I still complain when there's traffic. I still complain when someone cuts me off on the road. It angers me, and I complain. I did it today, unfortunately. Um, so this chapter is a challenge not just to you who's listening, but it's also a challenge to me um, because I recognize my own hypocrisy. And there's a, there's a joke that sometimes we say, we call it preacher syndrome. It's saying something and not following through. Preaching to others about doing something and not doing it yourself. Unfortunately, I struggle with that sometimes. I'm putting that out there, just being real. But let's talk about this. We didn't make a preacher syndrome, did we? Because I feel like we've asked multiple people if they know what that is and they don't. Yeah, I think we did make a preacher syndrome. Are you sure? Yeah, that was our own term. Was it? At least what I remember. Anyways. <laughs> Maybe. So what is complaining? Complaining is essentially how you see your circumstances around you um, and looking at them in a negative light. Not because things are negative, but because of the perspective that you're looking at them through and you've chosen to adopt that lens. Complaining stems from a place of thinking that we are the center of the universe and our lives should be as easy as possible. It manifests itself in the form of negative words. It's very true. And I think it's also, in, in some circumstances, it can be a bit self-centered. That's true. 
because it's very self-centered well yeah how often are we complaining about someone else's circumstances maybe i i've cushioned it a bit too, sugar-coated a bit too much <laughs> yeah but um yeah complaining can be very self-centered because you're thinking well i could have done i would have done it better you know mm-hmm. i would have done a better job at this and what's very unfortunate is a lot of the times when we complain about something that is not really in anyone's hands other than god's hands such as the weather you know or these other things i don't know nature related things um we're compl- we're complaining like we would have done it better than god would have done that's it that's exactly what i was just going to say complaining is essentially telling god what he's doing and the circumstances that he's put in place are not that good mm-hmm. that we don't trust his judgment that we could have done it better uh and that his will is not great yeah exactly and like when i say nature related things i don't like literally mean just like like environment wise like i'm talking about like natural circumstances that would occur mm-hmm. or like situations and yeah. a lot of the time we can't see why we're in the situations we are and you're right because a lot of it's strange because we know that life is filled with both both positive and negative experiences but we think that somehow we're supposed to be like exempt from the negative experiences we're supposed to be exempt from any of the bad things happening when yeah. it, why why would we be why would we be and so like to give a practical example something i used to complain about a lot for those of you who don't know my parents own a pizza store and i used to work at that pizza store quite a bit i mean i still do i still deliver pizzas there often um like on the weekends but back when i was younger we'd work inside a little bit more often and it can get super chaotic there are times when you know the phone is getting super loud the oven's already super loud people are walking into the store you have a million orders to make in front of you there's there's uh, pizzas coming out of the oven the like it's it, deliveries are coming in and out and there's so much to do and you can't help but complain because you're in this state of chaos and, and oh someone just get the customers oh my god that phone is so annoying oh my like it, complaining and complaining and it's easy to complain. It really is. It's super easy um, because you're not doing anything to change the situation. You're just talking about it, or at least that's how it disguises itself. Venting it. Just venting. Um, but what you fail to see is that in a moment of complaining, God is providing for us. Going back to that pizza store situation, if the phone wasn't ringing, if the customers weren't walking in, if we weren't making orders, so be complaining we'd still be complaining and we wouldn't be making any money. Yeah. Uh, God would not be providing for us. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's easy to complain about how busy it is or how not busy it is. It's easy to complain about the circumstances we're in and to not be thankful. You can really tell that you're the problem when regardless of the circumstance, you're still complaining. Yep. <laughs> like the way you just put it, whether the store is busy or not busy, You know, if you're going to complain in that circumstance, like in both of them, then clearly it's not that you'd rather have the store be busy or rather have it not busy. Like regardless, it it won't make a difference. to you. Exactly. Like, so then at that point is just, you know, really our attitude, Mm -hmm. like our outlook on life. Do we just see things from a negative lens? You know, is everything just always out to get us? Is everything always just like going wrong? Yeah, that's unfortunately how we look at the world. And the second consequence to complaining is that, your mindset becomes corrupted 
when you complain, the more we complain, the more prone we are to always see things in a negative light. Like you were just talking about, no matter what the circumstance is, we'll see it in a negative light, no matter how fantastic it is. It's unfortunate for us to think that the world is against us, but that's what happens when we complain. No matter what happens to us, there's something to complain about. And like, I think this kind of goes back to um, something that I was saying in the last episode. So if you guys haven't watched that. Good episode. Yeah, go to the last episode. But it's like, you know, oh, I would be happy, but this and Mm -hmm. that, you know. And like the last episode, I was saying about how a lot of the time we think, oh, I will be happy when I achieve this. I will be happy when I, because we were talking about goals, right? But sometimes we get to those goals and then we're like, oh, I would be happy, but this and this is not right. You know, X, Y, and Z, like, oh, I lost 30 pounds. Like, yeah, I would be happy, but my hair is falling. <laughs> like, oh, I, don't I still know. don't fit in that dress. Yeah, or, yeah exactly. Or I still don't fit in that dress, you know, like, or there, there's always going to be something you can pick out that's negative. That's true. Okay. Last consequence. Maybe not even the last one, but another consequence is what happens to us physiologically when we complain. When you complain, you your stress levels rise. Mm. Cortisol goes up. When cortisol goes up, so many things are happening in your body. It puts more stress on your heart, on your lungs, on like your muscles, on all kinds of parts of your body. It makes you more likely to have certain diseases, for stroke, for heart attacks, for like all kinds of stuff. Um, it even higher cortisol levels levels and higher stress have been linked to things like dementia and mm. and and all kinds of diseases like complaining raises your cortisol which raises your stress which puts you more at risk of diseases so why do we do it <laughs> not only do we like are we slowly deteriorating our health but we're even ruining our day like every day mm-hmm. <laughs> by doing that so i'm going to give a very very personal example Um, And then we're going to talk about the principles in this example, break it down to the two types of people that there are, and then see how we can apply it from there. Sounds good. So there was once an administration meeting for the church. Oh. Yes. This is the example. This is the example. Uh, There was once an administration meeting for the church. Now, for those of you who don't know, it's a small church, uh, like there's maybe 30 people max Um, The goal of the meeting was to look back at the year, assess what's happened, and how we can improve it. And it started off okay. It started off, we prayed, we thanked God for the the gift and the opportunity of being there that day and where he brought us with the church one year later. We're still here. We're still moving. We asked him to, to lead this meeting, to bring us wisdom in everything that we do. And one by one, people began talking. And, you know, some shared positive things, how they felt it was a great sense of community. Some shared neutral things that they liked the food, whatever it was. (laughs) Um, And then something happened that changed the course of the entire meeting. Someone complained. And I'm not, no names, nothing. But that person simply said that they don't feel like this church is maybe their home. They don't feel like the church is growing. They don't feel like the church is uh, going or led by God or going where it's supposed to or 
Uh, they don't they don't like how there's no Sunday school and what are the kids supposed to do? They don't like how uh, the Arabic there's no Arabic for the Arabic speakers. There's only one language. And what about the song? And, and the floodgates just began opening yeah. one by one. People began complaining about this, about that, about this, about that. Some of it were were true concerns that are viable. Some of them were logistics and small things. Some of them were semantics that no one has to worry about. But. As soon as someone started complaining, the floodgates were opened. Mm -hmm. Now, as a coach, I have a particular set of skills that I like to use. And those skills are problem solving. I also enjoy problem solving. Exactly. It's like a puzzle. (laughs) Now, like as a coach, people come to me with their problems. Uh, I'm not a therapist, but my goal is to figure out how I can figure out a solution for them, how we can work together. Because I believe that with enough creativity and discipline and the willingness to believe that you can solve a problem, then there's a solution to any problem. Yeah, exactly. Like I feel like if you just work hard enough and you put it like perfectly with the creativity, with the self-discipline, all that you, there is always an answer to a problem. And you may not find it immediately. Yeah. It may take lots of trial and error and lots of failures. Mr. Thomas Edison once said like, because uh, he failed so many times at creating the light bulb. And he was like, I didn't fail. I just found 10,000 ways not to succeed. Uh, you know, this guy, I've been reading a little bit more about <laughs> Thomas Edison. And he, he I, I was reading today in a book. This is a bit like sidetracked, but um, talking about how, you know, uh, our attitude towards failure. And so apparently... Uh, overnight one of his like million dollar lab or the lab was worth millions of dollars and it like burnt down and his assistant asked him what are we going to do and he responded we rebuild again we start rebuilding tomorrow and was talking about how when we are faced with situations that just seem like okay everything's gone wrong we have to react with aggressive positivity. Aggressive (laughs) positivity. And this can even apply to what we're going to be talking about with problem solving. So we'll we'll come back. Yeah. Uh, Well, we won't come back to Thomas Edison, but we'll... Well, to the concept. We'll come back to... Yeah, let's come back to the story. Now, again, as a coach, as a future therapist, we have this particular set of skills of problem solving because every problem does have a solution. You just have to be creative and willing enough to find it. Mm -hmm, Uh, That's what I believe. Um, Now, you see, if someone hands me a problem... I will work to find that problem, like the solution. I believe that there is a solution and I will work to find it. It's like a puzzle and it's fun. I enjoy puzzles. You know me. If I if you put a puzzle in front of me, I will spend hours. Oh, yeah, I think we have this problem. We, we uh, but yeah, there's a solution. get an addiction to there's puzzles a solution. sometimes. And so here's what would happen. Whenever anyone in the meeting would complain about anything whatsoever, I would begin to write down their problem. Yes. I would write it down and think about the solution because I thought that there was a solution and I still do. I would write down their problem. Okay, we can work on that. I'd write down another problem. We can work on that. And then what would happen is I formulated this list of problems and solutions and I decided, you know what? I'm going to share it with the group. So as I started sharing it, okay, great. But then very quickly I got shot down. Very quickly, it, no one wanted it. I was surprised. Well, I, think, I don't know if no one wanted it. I think that in general, like people were happy to hear that there was something, but I think there were still some that 
we didn't want to hear it. Like, I, I don't know if it was unanimous, like, but I think that the, the ones that did shut it down had a greater voice. I'd Perhaps, say. maybe. Whatever the case, I got shut down. And I was a little bit surprised, a little bit upset also. Um, because everyone was complaining about a problem that they were facing. But when I brought the solutions, no one wanted to hear them yeah. at all. They're more interested in the problem. Yeah. So there was this heavy defeatist attitude exactly. in the air and it was melancholy and it was sad and the meeting ended and not a single problem was solved. Yeah. And I remember you mentioned, like you said that you don't want this to just be a meeting where we talk about, you know, everything that's going wrong and then that's it. Like that's where it ends. You wanted some action to yeah, come out of, of course, it. of course, because, uh, like, I agree, what's yeah. the, Anyways, we'll, we'll come back, uh, <laughs> because I know exactly what I want to say to you, but the moral of this fable... Fable? <laughs> the moral of this fable, if you have a problem, there is a solution, but you have a responsibility as well to partake in, number one, finding it, and number two, accepting it. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to accept... A solution or that there is a solution that's fine but if, if you're just going to complain about the problem and not accept a solution you will never move anywhere you'll never get anything done and you'll always stay in the same spot and you'll always be complaining sometimes there is uh, like you know you complain and you can find a solution and you're happier from there sometimes you complain you find a solution you complain about the next thing mm-hmm. sometimes you don't complain You just find a solution and you're happy in both situations. But if you complain and you don't want to accept a solution, you're just going to stay where you are. And there's really an irony in that because if you're so adamant on complaining, then like, shouldn't you also like have that same willpower that you have for complaining as finding the solution? Because Mm -hmm. you clearly hate it so much, (laughs) you know? Like you could find the best solution to your problem that will encompass everything. But if you don't accept it, you're not going to improve. Yeah. So to give an example, um, imagine a situation where I hop on the phone um, and let's say, let's say someone comes to me and um, let's say she's a middle-aged lady who just had her third kid uh, and she wants to lose weight. Okay. I'm just painting a picture. I'm not saying this lady exists. I've never had anyone uh, with these circumstances, but just painting a picture. Um, she wants to lose weight, which is a very noble goal. Um, imagine we get on the phone and she tells me about her life. She struggled with weight loss ever since she was a kid, especially after she had her three babies, uh, her three kids. Ever since then, it's just the weight's been at an all-time high. She can't get it down. Um, she hated how she felt. She hated how her clothes looked. She didn't like how people looked at her. Uh, this was like the worst feeling she's ever had. No one supports her. Uh, she feels like everything she's tried, keto, the this, the that, everything she's tried sucked. Like all, you know, it's these are all very fair. And she's complaining about the circumstances, but complaining with the intention of changing the circumstances was the hope, okay? Mm-hmm. The hope of your complaining is to change your circumstances and end up somewhere better. Yes. So imagine I ask her, okay, after all this, are you willing to change your day-to-day actions to fix the problem? And she says, no. 
Then what? What's left? <laughs> What's left? If if you will come across the greatest solution to every problem and you don't want it, then what? Like you don't you can't you're not gonna move. So th- there are those types of people who just want to complain and don't want to do anything and they just kind of want to vent. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think there is a time, like especially in, I think, a lot of relationships, you're going to hear this or sometimes women just want to talk about the problem, but they don't want the solution. Oh, I still never understand that. <laughs> Can I be honest? Perfectly honest. I don't understand when you're coming to me with this problem immediately. Like I just said, I, problem solving mode is turning on. I don't. I'm sorry. Go ahead. But well, I mean, maybe I, all the other women listening to this podcast understand you, <laughs> but like I, as a guy, I think that just sometimes you feel like like you need to process what's going on, and maybe it also depends. Like if you're an external processor, internal processor, you know, maybe because example, I'm more of an external processor. I'm gonna need to talk about this out loud, you know, before I'm even jumping to find solutions. Like I just need to talk about this the way I'm feeling and you know have my feelings validated like as in you know that kind of I don't know I guess you in a therapy like setting you could find that I guess yeah. <laughs> like because there is a time where you know a person's going to be ready to move to the next step of finding solutions and you know like maybe, maybe this is a limitation for me um, but I find I try to find a solution very quickly Mm-hmm. Maybe that's a limitation. Well, it's not necessarily. Maybe I don't understand, but but I think it's just like knowing when to. Well, it's also my on my part, example, or like on the woman's part to communicate that they're not ready for solutions at the moment. But like, I think first there is that process of like understanding, and even maybe when people complain, they're looking for that kind of like that person to understand where they're coming from and their point of view. And I think with some people when you give them that validation and the sense like, yeah, you have that like empathy, that compassion, like I see where you're coming from. Maybe then they are ready to go to the next steps of problem solving. But some people, even if you do show that validation, that compassion, they're still, they mm-hmm. never get to that stage of ready to problem solve because sometimes I notice there can be a little bit of satisfaction in our complaining because we kind of victimize ourselves. Yeah, you, know? you see yourself uh, in, in this kind of like everything's happening to me. I'm not responsible for this. Exactly. It kind of takes away the responsibility from yourself. So you you don't really have to Change. example the example that you gave. Right. So if this woman, this hypothetical woman <laughs> wants to, you know, lose all Let's this call weight. call her Grunka. Grunka. <laughs> yeah. So let's say Grupka wants Grupka. to lose all this weight, right? But she's, let's say she's leading an unhealthy lifestyle because she's so busy and, you know, there's so many like different circumstances, but she does have actually a lot of power to change these things and she can implement these changes. She just doesn't want to. Exactly. It's hard, you know? Maybe it's hard. So it's, change is hard. It's, it's always easy. been hard. Yeah, but it's easier. So, like for some people, they'd rather opt out into like, complaining so at least they've convinced themselves that, i want I, this to that's change that's not for some that all people yeah. all people know that complaining is easier and changing is harder yeah that's for everybody knows that's an easier option out but it's not going to change anything yeah that's that's the thing like I, some people are more willing to change and more mm-hmm. willing to put in the work to change of course and some people are not and you and know so, sometimes it even just depends on the circumstance like the same person 
depending on what the issue is, they're more, more willing to change for some things and less for others. And so I want to ask, not like I guess I'm asking everyone, people listening, us, ourselves, are we complainers or are we problem solvers? Do we complain and look at the world with a defeatist victim mindset as if everything's happening to us and we have no control over it? Or do we look at the problem objectively? Sometimes emotions can slip in. That's fine. But do we try to look at the problem objectively? Try to seek out and understand what's happening, why it's happening, and how it can be solved. Yeah. And sometimes the path to solve it is literally asking someone for help. And that's fine. It's okay to ask someone for help if that's what it takes to solve a problem. If you don't have the resources, the knowledge, the guidance, the expertise, or the accountability, it's okay to ask someone for help. That's still solving your problem. And it takes a lot of courage to and humility. ask. Yeah, a lot of courage, a lot of humility to ask for help. And actually what you're saying reminds me of what I was reading today in Psycho-Cybernetics. Um, uh, and this even goes back to that Thomas Edison example, kind of, but I won't bring that up again. Uh, but in the book, it was talking about how our happiness, a lot of the time, we take it away from ourselves by our own opinions. So the mm-hmm. way you were saying, we, let's look at the situation objectively, right? Or are we just going to approach it with a defeatist attitude? So rather than approaching it with that defeatist attitude with our emotions, we should try to remove our opinions from the facts. So for example, if a businessman comes and he's like, how could I possibly be happy? I just lost $200,000 in the stock market. I'm in disgrace and I'm ruined. In the book, using that example, the author asked him, why, you know, why do you think that way because really separate the facts from your opinion it's your it's his opinion that he's disgraced and ruined Mm -hmm. it is a fact that he lost two hundred thousand dollars so either he can just sit in the defeatist attitude and be like oh i i'm disgraced i'm ruined this is horrible and just adopt that identity as disgraced and ruined or he could start the next day working again as Thomas Edison said, you know, we'll start rebuilding tomorrow. Or you can, you know, pick up, okay, pick up the pieces. And yes, you lost $200,000. Okay, now how can I make that back? Start problem solving. You know, react with aggressive positivity. Just get right back on it and start problem solving. Mm -hmm. Because ultimately, the people who have that opinion, uh, a negative opinion, and sit and complain find that every good thing in their life will soon abandon them mm-hmm. because they never learn to be grateful and content with what they have, with any good thing that they had, so they will never notice any good thing that they have or any blessing in their lives. When we change that, I'm going to bring this back to give thanks in all circumstances. You can give thanks and still find a way to solve a problem. That's very true. You can give thanks in every circumstance in your life, whether things are going wrong or going right, whether there's a problem or not. And let's say that this coming back to the hypothetical situation with uh, Grunka who wants to lose the weight, let's say that she's still grateful. She just recognizes the problem and looks at it objectively. 
Yeah. But she's still grateful that God's given her the ability to look at it objectively, the ability to move and to play with her kids. And she's still grateful for everything that she has. She just wants to solve a problem. That's a whole different story. No longer is she approaching it from a negative light. She's approaching it with more optimism. She knows that this can be solved and to be thankful that God's given her either someone to help or the tools to solve it or like there's there are ways to solve it and she's grateful for that. Whereas if you're complaining, immediately you're you're less likely to solve it. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting even like really thinking about like what does it mean to give thanks in every circumstance? And a personal example, I remember, um, so I was dealing with a lot of hair loss like a few years ago and my dad, he was telling me, thank God. Like he, he was literally telling me to thank God for my hair loss. And I was like, what? <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? How am I supposed to thank God for my hair loss? And he was like, just thank God, you know, in every circumstance. And I was like, okay, but if I do that, God may get the impression that I actually want my hair to fall. <laughs> and he's like, okay, that's not really how God works. I think he knows that this isn't what you really want, but really what you learn from thanking God, even in circumstances that you're not actually like you maybe they're not very ideal for you you'd rather have a full head of hair you know you'd rather Mm -hmm. like be maybe 30 pounds like uh, lighter whatever it is but being able to still give thanks for everything that you have in that circumstance and you know thank god you know this is a circumstance that he wants you to be in right now thank god for his will and another thing is when you do thank god like what? It's the opposite of the consequences from before. You're telling him that you trust him. Exactly. You're telling him that you you know that he will work everything out for your good and that you trust that and you have faith in his exactly. word. Exactly. And it's possible that maybe, you know, well, he is putting you through the circumstance for a reason, right? And as you're saying, now you're saying you put your trust in him. You're showing this sign of faith. And perhaps, you know, maybe he let my hair fall so that I am not so attached to like my outer beauty. Right. Well, we never know looking at it exactly in the moment. Yeah. We we, don't know why he's putting us through something and don't get me wrong. Sometimes God does put you through something. Sometimes it's not your own actions. Uh, Like look at Job. The whole book of Job is God allowing these things to happen to him, not because there's a problem that needs to be solved. There was no problem. And that's sometimes there is no problem that needs to be solved. It's God's putting you through something. Yeah, maybe to remove our worldly attachment. Maybe. But if you're looking at it and complaining, then you're already missing the point of what he's putting you through. Mm -hmm. If you're looking at it with that state of gratefulness and thankfulness, knowing that, who knows, maybe 5, 10, 20, 30 years from now, you'll know why he put you through that. Yeah. And you'll be thankful looking at it long term. Might as well be thankful looking at it in the short term too. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to look back and think, man, you know, I had a good back then. I shouldn't have complained so much. Exactly. That's like the worst feeling. Yeah. It's such a, it's such a garbage feeling to have. Like, why did I complain so much back then? I, it, life was easy. Like, what do we have to lose by not complaining? What do we have to lose by being thankful? Like, really, what do we have to lose? Nothing, are we but ever, it's hard. But are we ever going to look back and say, man, I was too grateful back then? No, <laughs> of course not. But it's hard. It yeah. is. And don't get me wrong. We, we know and accept that it's hard to be thankful. It's hard to look at your life and to be like, wow, God is good. Because we're, we're subject to the frustration and to the anger and to the emotions and to looking at things in a negative light. 
but I challenge us and I challenge anyone listening, look at something that you've been complaining about, whatever it is, like maybe if it's traffic to give a very easy example, um, or maybe it's something a lot deeper. Maybe it's cancer. Maybe it's, you know, a failed job or career to look at that thing and to say, thank you, God. Thank you, God. And see how that changes your mindset. Sometimes you, there's no problem to solve. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just have to trust God. Sometimes there is a problem to solve. And go ahead, look for that solution. But sometimes you just have to trust God. Well, even and to when give thanks. you are looking for the solution, a lot of the time you still have to trust God. That he's going to provide you with the solution. That he's gonna and most of the time, you. God is the solution. Yeah, exactly. That's that's good. <laughs> and so, hey, while we're talking about being thankful, thank you for being here. Thank yes. you, everyone, for listening, for being this uh, on our 20th episode of the podcast. Yes, thank you Milestone for episode. being with us this far. Next one will be 30, 40, 50. <laughs> I don't know whatever the next milestone is. But thanks for being here. By the way, a lot of new guest speakers are coming up. Um, Because I know it's just been Nicole and I for the past little bit. So lots of new guest speakers coming up. I hope you enjoy those episodes. I believe the next one or two are going to be talking about um, what does God say about our bodies? uh, How can we overcome physical limitations and disabilities through faith and through prayer? And really interesting topics like that. So again, thank you for being here. Lovely having you. And farewell. Bye.